0: Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Hello and welcome back. This is a daily lesson. And I want to talk about sex. Yep, that's what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about sex. And the name of the lesson is Sex, Carnal and Spiritual. Let's see what the scriptures say about it. Now, I can talk about sex all day. And I mean all day because there's sex in the scriptures all over the place. So... I mean, naturally we could talk about carnal sex, everybody, but there's um, specific guidelines and laws, precepts, statutes and commands dealing with sex. And since nobody listens to them, nobody talks about it. Nobody does anything about it. I just figured I'd talk about it. Now there's going to be another lesson that I'm gonna give about men and women And that's going to talk about sex, too. But I'm going to do that later. And then I'm going to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, which has to do with sex and all other types of immorality that goes against the law, statutes, precepts, and commands of the Most High. Like I told you the last time, every nation worships devils except for the children of Israel back then children of Israel is following by her behind everybody else now and they don't know who they are. But the expectation of the most high was um, everybody else follows devils except the children of Israel. And that was um, the forefathers at that time. And you know that the most high said, if you don't listen to my Lord statutes, precepts, and commands, I am going to punish you, which is happening now. So a part of the children of Israel's insubordinates is them being stiff-necked and refusing to listen to not only um, acknowledging that uh, I'm not gonna listen, my kids ain't gonna listen and their progeny is not gonna listen. So the children of Israel's progenitors, they didn't listen. The progeny of the children of Israel, they don't listen. So um, even though they don't listen, the children of Israel are still the apple of the Most High's eye, but the Most High is spanking them every which way but loose. And his spanking is not our spanking. His spanking could mean allowing the heathens or those devils that come against the children to let the devils take the children and kill them off. And that is half of it. But um, the Most High can resurrect anybody. So it's not a problem for the Most High when that happens. And as a matter of fact, that is exactly what's happening. But back to the sex. I say that to say there's a lot of things that's happening to the children of Israel because they're not in line with the Most High's laws, statutes, precepts, and commands. And sex is one of them. Is sex the biggest? I can't say that sex is the biggest, but sex is one of the really important ones. because. Being ruled by the flesh, which, you know, the devil rules the flesh. That's why the spirit and um, the flesh war, because they're vying for the soul. The devil wreaks havoc through the flesh in every immoral way, every immoral way. And sex is just one of those things that people have fun, quote, quote, unquote, doing. So we're going to talk about sex. We're going to also talk about Sodom and Gomorrah because there's a prophecy that talks about spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, people wonder where that is and all of that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you what went on in Sodom and Gomorrah and let you figure it out. Okay? Because remember, the most I said, who is Yeshua in the flesh? You will know the tree by the fruit that it bears." Okay? Spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah is the actions and the thoughts of the people. So it could be anywhere. So I'm going to read that to you. And we are going to get into this lesson about sex. All right. I'm ready to read to you exactly what's going on. I got my lights on. I got my ruler. I'm going to be up on these words. Um, I'm hoping that this lesson won't be long, but it probably will be trying not to allow it to be long. All right. The Most High made everything for a reason, humans, animals, aquatic, mammals, and fish. And they were able to be fruitful and multiply as he said, but there's one distinct difference between everything else that can multiply and man. And that difference is that man has sex for pleasure. Now, I don't know if you know, but um, many animals, many, uh, probably predominantly all mammals and fish mate to multiply and have offspring, okay? There's only literally, I don't even want to say a handful of animals that have sex for pleasure. I think there's only one or two that just have sex for pleasure, animals, one or two. Everything else has um, sex to procreate. Mm -hmm. Now, according to um, scientists, they say, One or two animals, they have names, and I'm not going to say which ones, have sex for pleasure. But everything else, except for men, has sex for procreation. Just know that. Now, if you want to know who they are, because it's not important to know, just understand that it's only a a couple. I can't even say a few, because a few is three. It's a couple, probably two or one. Those are the only ones that have um, sex for pleasure, okay, aside from humans. Now, I say that to say that is how it's supposed to be. Now, um, I don't know how the scientists figured out they have sex for pleasure. They did a scientific study. I ain't going into it. Uh, but I guess, you know, they had enough money to put their money into that instead of helping the poor people around the world or whatever it is, or at least in the United States, but somehow they found a way just to take their money and time and do that type of research. Anyway, um, like I said, um, the difference between men and everything else is that men have sex for pleasure and there's only two animals that have sex for pleasure and everything else is having sex to multiply okay now uh man has sex for pleasure which can be defiled by the devil everything else with the exception like I said of two animals have to mate for the life of itself meaning to have children and to continue its species this was something ordained by the most high And we're not talking about the heathens that are making animals extinct with them treading down the earth and breaking it apart. We're only talking about the population and how it's done because we're not gonna say that, oh, the animals is not having enough sex. That's why they're not appropriating because that's not true. They're doing their job. It's just, they're being killed off, okay? In different ways, but we're not going there. We talk about sex. This lesson will be about sexual activity, and not the obscene, non-natural sex. Only the regular sex between men and women. Although we have, we will be talking about the do's and the don'ts of it. Okay. As I stated above. The be fruitful and multiply has rules and regulations that go with it. And if those laws, which are the rules and regulations, are not adhered to, it becomes defiled like all the rest of the laws, statutes, pieces, and You Don't listen to them. It becomes bef- defiled. And guess what? It becomes sinful. And what does sin lead to? Death. Okay. Sodom and Gomorrah was a very sinful uh, place. And I can't say a sinful nation because it was just a lot of different people that was living there. And Sodom and Gomorrah was not one place. Sodom and Gomorrah were groups of cities and providences and it was five. So they just say Sodom and Gomorrah because they was the most wicked, but there was five providences that were um, all together. And they were wicked. Okay. Always remember that the devil rules the flesh on earth. Okay? The scripture says that he's the prince of the air and the god of this world. That's what scripture says. And he does have a large hand in sex as well as sexual desire. Works of the flesh is, you know, is included in sexual desires. Um, or works of the flesh, uh, sex is included in works of flesh. So do not misunderstand that. Sexual dreams, fleshly desires and sexual fantasies are all a part of the devil's devices. Okay? It's it's also listed in the Testament of Solomon. I already uploaded the Testament of Solomon. You can listen to it. The devils are telling Solomon what they do as far as using human flesh for sex. And they do. Okay. Um, but this has a spiritual aspect. Sex has a spiritual aspect and if it's in the fleshly one. So, um, And as I stated, if you're not adhering to um, the most highs, laws, statutes, precepts, and commands about sex, you're not in the line, um, you're, you're out of line and you'll pay by death, disease, disorders, etc. Okay? The most high made it that way. So now we're going to talk about carnal sex. And what happens? Okay? Um, In regards to carnal sex, throughout biblical history, people have various diseases when they were born. Oh, okay. When people have various diseases when they were born, um, they would usually blame the parents. This is Old Testament. Okay? They would say, well, why is this child crippled? Why is this child blind? Whatever's wrong with the child, they would look at the parents and they would say something happened with the parents to made it trick to make it trickle down to the child. So you know you had to have if if something was going on with the parents. They like to set parents with sin. They're sinning the parents, either the mother or the father or both. When they have sex and they have a child and something's wrong with their child. They knew that something must have went on with the parents to let it come onto the child, okay? So um, the conception of the child, and if something came you know onto the child or some something genetic happens to the child, whatever it is, they would blame the parents for whatever sin. Now that's an Old Testament. It's also in the New Testament, okay? Um, also if a couple couldn't conceive a child, people knew that something was wrong with either the mother or the father or both. Okay. So that has to do with sex too. This is just different types of, um, situations that involve sex. Okay. Um, they thought that the parents were cursed, either one, the husband, the wife, or both, um, which is why they couldn't conceive a child. This even happened in the case of Abraham, Isaac, and Rebecca, as well as others. But we will concentrate on what happens when people have sex. According to the scriptures, you are to cling to your mate. The scriptures also state that within um, Solomon's books that the most high will bring you your mate, which means that you have to wait on the most high. And the reason being is because The most high is perfect. And what he does is good and perfect. So you must be physically and spiritually ready for your perfect mate to come to you. So you have to do some soul searching in order to be prepared to receive that mate. And it will not come easily because humans are flawed in any work. So since we live in a heathenistic society we are doing whatever the powers that be do, and we often do beastly things, yes, we do and what did I say about beasts? if you're not made in the image of the most high, which means um, having the fruits of the spirit self-control love humility all of that stuff, then you are a beast okay okay um. Right now, this is what beastly, um, beastly actions do. Um, you base your um, ideal mate on the physicality. This is what men do. Base their ideal mate on a woman's physicality. And what women do is base their ideal mate or potential mate on their finances, their socioeconomics. And that's what, what happens now in this society today. But that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to wait on your mate. Um, and, you know, both of these are wrong. This is the carnal way. Even situations being what they currently are, it was not that way in the Old Testament. But since the children of Israel never listened, they are suffering. And we know that the rest of the world worships the, um, and follows devils. the scriptures and the prophets. Now, let me say something. When I say that in the book of Solomon, Solomon wrote a lot of books. Now, off the top of my head, I can't remember which one. I don't know whether it's the older Solomon or um, another book that says that the most high sends you your mate. So you have to wait. And why do you have to wait? Because you got a lot of growing up to do. Since the Most High makes everything perfect, he got to make you perfect. He got to make you perfect for the person he's going to send you. And this way the marriage will work. Now think about the marriages today. Think about the coupling of two people coming together before they get married just to make sure everything's good. They do all kinds of stuff. They live together. They have premarital sex. They do all this stuff. And then when they get married, it don't last. And if you don't believe me, Look at the statistical analysis of divorce in the United States and then all over the world. Look at it. It's extremely high. Why? Because you don't know who the heck that is, you married. That's why. And probably, like I said, for the men, it was the physicality of the woman because men are visual beings. And for the woman, it's the socioeconomics of the man. Cause a woman don't want to be broke, okay? So that's probably what is driving you. I'm not saying that women don't only look at, you know, that they only looking at somebody's pockets. Now, women can also look at the physicality of the man, okay? But most times, they look at socioeconomics, and um, it is what it is, people, okay? Now, it can be debatable. You can say whatever you want, but the statistics speak for themselves. Okay? All right. What happens when a man and a woman have casual consenting abuse of the flesh? Okay, what happens when they have sex, which is casual consenting abuse of the flesh slash the temple, what happens now, this is when the ch- when they not married and they um, haven't, they're just not married, they're not married and uh, they're not, they have no uh, desire to be married. They just physically attracted to one another. What happens? Well, it's a consenting casual abuse of the flesh. You gotta understand who you are, people. You must understand who you are, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you who you are. If I read this, um, if they are not really sent by the Most High, that means a man or a woman uh, to come together, they are basically defiling their temples. But the physical thing is that two physically become one from the flesh to the DNA level because of the sexual organs. Now, I'm not going to get really graphic, but I need to explain exactly what happens and what potentially could happen if you do not control yourself, meaning using the fruit of the spirit that was expressly sent to you, which one of those fruits are self-control at all times and not being led by your lusts. That means your lustful desires controlled by the devil I already told you uh, flesh is controlled by the devil so your lustly desires which the mo- uh, which the devil those in your mind the battlefields of the mind is of the mind war is being held in the mind the battlefield the war is in your mind and the devil is fighting you so like I said the most high gave you, this fleshly coat to live on this earth for a certain amount of times and you have an expiration date. And when that date is here, nobody nowhere can stop it. You're going. While you are on earth and the Most High allowed you to stay here because you're a little light, the Most High is the Father of Lights, you're a light, that's all you are, a consciousness, a light, that's all you are. In a fleshly coat. I already told you, the children of Israel, usually, you would say, I would say usually because our, our forefathers know that you are spirit first, flesh second, and, excuse me, spirit first, soul second, and flesh last. Sorry. Everybody else in the world thinks they're flesh first soul, second, spirit last. Not true. So don't be like the whole world, I'm saying. Be like the father. Remember, the most high has two flocks. So there's Gentiles going and children of Israel. No heathen is going. So check yourself before you wreck yourself. Okay. Two people come together and have intercourse. Then an in exchange of bodily fluids, get Uh, intertwined minutes go by and then after all of the animalistic exchange is completed they stop and go on about their business this is in itself a nutshell that's that's what happens that's what happens when casual sex happens no one ever thinks of protecting themselves emotionally physically etc. Meaning pretty much most of the time, no thought is given about diseases or pregnancies, which is a blessing from Yah, the pregnancy. This is one of the primary reasons for sex, is to have children. But when two people have sex, their thought is not to have children, but the fleshly fun or pleasure from having sex, but usually more than just that happens. Okay. All right. Let's talk about bodily fluids that we sh- uh, share. Talk about the bodily fluids. Now I got this from Healthline online. Okay, and this is what it says about bodily fluids. Now it's a long, lengthy explanation, but I'm only going to read a piece of it. I'm not going to read the whole damn thing. All right. Um, it says. In reading this, I'm not promoting sexual intercourse. I'm only reading it um, to give you an idea of what happens about, uh, in regards to sex. Um, during safer sex, some barrier methods such, excuse me, fluid bonding, and this is what they're calling it today, but this is this, just the exchange of bodily fluids. You have bodily fluids, I have bodily fluids, everybody got bodily fluids, animals have bodily fluids. DNA, the, D, the liquid that's in your DNA is a bodily fluid. Your urine, your fecal matter, everything is a bodily fluid, okay? So understand that. Okay, so um, we have all kinds of bodily fluids, from your spit to your um, tearing eyeballs everything. (laughs) Okay. I'm just letting you know we have. So um, in regards to sex, um, fluid bonding refers to this is a new word because I never we just say the exchange of bodily fluids, but I guess fluid bonding (laughs) is uh, a thing. Okay, fluid bonding refers to the decision to stop using barrier protection During sex and exchange bodily fluids with your partner. Now, you know, they're trying to be um, politically correct. So I'm just going to break it down. If you don't use no protection to have sex, you will exchange these bodily fluids. Okay. During safer sex, some barrier methods such as a condom or a dental dam, don't ask me what that is because you don't need to be, nothing reduce the chance that you have um, your partner, you and your partner will share fluids. This includes semen, saliva, blood, and ejaculate. Mm-hmm. If you avoid sharing fluids, you reduce the risk for sexually transmitted infections, which is also aka STD, sexually dis- transmitted diseases or pregnancy because the risks involved blood excuse me fluid bonding is more intentional than an on the whim choice to skip a condom or forego a dental dam okay let me tell you what a dental dam is i don't know if people know what it is but it's something that you put over the vagina if you are performing fellatia. Oh, not fellacia, um, Falinga. Yeah, I think that's what it's called, Falinga. Okay. Um, here's what you need to know to make sure fluid bonding is the right choice for you and your partner. What fluids does this refer to? Fluid bonding, commonly refers to any secretions or fluids produced during sex, whether it's oral, anal, or vaginal. Now, I'm not gonna get into, and I said it before, anything that does not line up with the word of the most high. Now, the word anal, we're not gonna go into, okay? We just gonna talk about, well, I'm just gonna talk about vaginal. <laughs> I'm not going into oral either. I'm not going into any of that. I'm just reading <laughs> what this passage says, and we know I'm not I'm not gonna go into that because that is not in line with the most high's law, statutes, precepts, and commands, period. It's just not in line with it. So I'm not, you know, aside from reading this, I'm not getting into any of that. And I just want y'all to know that, okay? These fluids may include ejaculation, vaginal fluid, semen, and anal secretions, but other fluids can also be exchanged during sex, including saliva and blood. Urine usually isn't considered a part of fluid bonding. Golden, okay, I'm not, okay. I'm just going to read it, but I, I, I'm not getting that graphic. I'm I'm just letting you know, and I'm getting uncomfortable, but I want to read it to you just to give you an idea. Okay. Urine usually isn't considered a part of fluid bonding. Golden showers are a popular sex kink, but the decision to perform this act isn't considered part of the fluid bonded choice. Now. this gets really uh, graphic. And I did read this before, but then I changed my mind because it just, you know, reading it to myself is one thing, but saying it out loud is just something totally different. Now I am, I am no fool. Okay. I mean, I'm in the world. I understand what happens. I understand all the sense that's going on with the world. I understand all of that. But my choice to read it and my choice to discuss it I have certain um, moral choices too. I mean, if I don't feel like saying it or if I don't want to discuss it, that's up to me. But I understand that people listen to this um, platform and they want to hear the truth. So I am telling you the truth. Although to me, it's uncomfortable discussing. I will read it to people because I know that they want to hear things and sometimes people don't know that the things that they're doing is wrong morally and doesn't line up with the uh, scriptures of the Most High. Period. It just is what it is. This is the truth. You will always hear the truth from me whether it's uncomfortable for me or comfortable for you. You're going to hear it. Okay. So the next question is, is it safe? All sexual activity comes with risks. That's true regardless of whether you're in a relationship using barrier protection or birth control. With fluid bonding, you can still contract an STD. And if you have penile vaginal intercourse, pregnancy is still possible. If you decide to fluid bond with a partner, there are things you can do to to reduce some of these risks. Now, I'm not going to read the things to do. Because you ain't supposed to be doing it if it's casual. If you just having um, sex with your husband or your wife, then you you discuss it and um, you know make the choices uh, that fit your um, beliefs and your moral compass. Make those choices, okay? If you're trying to have a baby, try to have a baby. If you don't want to uh, spread diseases, be safe. Uh, Nine times out of ten, I am not talking to no virgins, hunty. I'm not talking to no virgins. But at the same time, I'm not trying to tell you to do worldly things. Okay? That's not comfortable for me to be saying that. I mean, this is how the world is. And it is what it is. And I know that some people that may be listening to this be like, oh, wow, she's a prude or whatever. No, honey, I live I'm I'm a woman of a certain age. But what I'm saying to you, when mistakes are made, in whatever choice you made in life, you're here to help the next generation. This is why we go through ups and downs in our lives and how the life roller coaster is. Yeah, mistakes get made, S- situations happen, stuff happens. When you decide to turn around from your wicked ways and seek the most high's face that's when you don't make the mistakes no more. I already told you there's a difference between a saint and a sinner. Now, when you're not doing those things and you're consciously saying the most high, uh, asking for the most high to, um, to save you, help you and have mercy on you and forgive you, then you don't go back to those choices. So like I said, I mean, hey, um, I've lived too. And, you know, I made choices that wasn't right too. And now that I know better and I'm able to do better, I am going to teach you better. And this is just what it is. But it still makes me uncomfortable reading this nonsense. Anyway. Okay. Um, It discusses emotional aspects and all of that, but what I'm trying to say is there are Um, things to watch out for when you are having casual sex. Um, Casual sex is serious. Okay, now I'm just speaking from the heart. I'm not reading from this uh, thing anymore. Casual sex is something serious. Casual sex um, comes with a lot of baggage. Casual sex Um, even though people think it's just oh yeah I'm just going out there yeah I'm uh, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that even in rap songs and all this other records and all of this stuff that's telling you to go out there and do it the whole world is saying do it but the most high is saying don't do it okay abstain abstain from everything because that's a part of self-control now um the whole world will have you think that you should be led by sex and, oh, be having a affair, be an adult and do all this. That's not what adulting, uh, being an adult is all about. I was saying adulting, but you know, that's not a word, but that's not what being an adult is about. Being an adult is... Um, Going into life with your eyes wide open, looking at your choices and selecting the best one for you. Not going out willy-nilly and being led by your stomach, which your uh, your desires, your fleshly desires, or being led by your genitals, which is sexually fleshly desires. That's not what it's about. But the whole world is telling you that's what it's about, and it really isn't. Now, I had to read those things about sex just to give you an idea of how it um, happens and what happens when the act is, um, in progress. Okay. Um, just know that there's in, in the physical act of sex bodily fluids get intertwined. Do you really know your per, uh, the person that you get getting ready to have sex? Do you know their um, status? And you know what I mean by that. <clears throat> Do you know their sexual status? Do you know whether they've been with 100 people, 99 people, 50 people, 20 people? Do you know when they was with the last person? Do you know uh, if there's any diseases hidden or n- any that they know about? You need to know this before you step into the realm of having unprotected sex with somebody. That's number one. Number two, you need to know what's paramount. Those who are believers, those who are seeking the most high space, that you should be having sex with somebody until you marry. And I know that sounds old and I know it sounds antiquated to this heathenistic way of life today. But that's how it goes. And this is why those commercials like the human papilloma shot and all that mess is here because people's having sex at young ages. Human papilloma is a virus. Viruses don't go away. Okay. Well, they can linger in your body, but they have a process of going through your body because your body actually absorbs it. And if they have, if they gave you a blood test, just say these viruses, anybody. If they gave you a blood test, they would be able to see what viruses is in your body, especially sexually transmitted ones. Uh huh. There's some that can go away by treatment, and then there's some, I don't give a damn what kind of treatment you get, it ain't going away. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, okay? I'm trying to be nice and neat about it, but honey, I got to tell you the truth. Okay, now we're going to talk about some STDs slash STIs. STD is sexually transmitted diseases and STI they just change, which is sexually transmitted infection. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, you know, uh, diseases are diseases. They're trying to pretty the word up. Now let's talk about some, because this is what happens with physical sex. The possibility, and the possibility is very high. Chlamydia. Okay. Gonorrhea. Genital herpes, HIV, that could turn into AIDS, syphilis, genital warts, which is human papillomavirus. Now, that's not all you can get. These are things that you could get by having unprotected sex. Now, why do these things even exist? I already told you. If you're not lined up with the word of the Most High in regard to His Lord's statutes, precepts, and commands, You can get one of these and it's more than likely you will. This is why there's shots. They want young kids to get shots for human papillomavirus. Why? When it's a sexually transmitted disease, it is. And they want kids 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 to be shot for it. It's because those kids 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 is starting to have sex. It sounds, I don't want it to sound like it's nice and pretty. It's disgusting, okay? And just to let you know, I was never a young person that had sex. No, I had it well into my teens, going into my twenties. Just a little bit of information about me. I never <laughs> indulged. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't indulge. Although, you know, I, you know, like I said, I was young. Um, and things happened, but I wasn't that young. Okay, I was. I jumped into my twenties. So. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm not uh, coming down on anybody. I'm just saying, have more self control. That's it. And I say, and I will continue to say, if you knew who you were and who you belong to, then these things wouldn't happen, honestly. Because this stuff, you know, abstaining from sex and just not having sex, it's not everything. Only the people who are driven by sex, fleshly desires. Those are the ones who can't control themselves. You know what I'm saying? Fleshly desires include sex, include overeating, include too much of everything. And that's what it says in the scriptures. And the most high don't give you that. The most high gives you self-control. That's a part of the fruit of the spirit. Now you have to learn and develop these things. But if you want to continue to live fleshly, this is what's going to happen to you. You can only go by the rules and regulations of the most high or anything goes with the devil. There's no middle. And we're going to talk about the middle, but we ain't talking about it right now. Okay? Um, Here's a short piece of information from Planned Parenthood. How far this is a question and answer from the site of Planned parenthood and most of us already know what how parenthood was established and who they focused on just saying. Um, This is the question how far into vaginal intercourse does it take to actually exchange bodily fluids and risk getting an STD what if it slips in quote unquote for not more than five seconds with possible pre-ejaculation and no real ejaculation. Now there is pre-ejaculation, it's called pre-ejaculatory fluid. And that's before the actual ejaculation comes out. So, and this is the answer by, um, there's professionals that answer these questions. And this is the this is the uh, this is the answer. Somebody asked a question, and they actually said pre-come and no ejaculation. These just straight up questions. And this is the answer: exchange of bodily fluids and infection work both ways in vaginal intercourse. Sex, sexually transmitted infections are carried in ejaculate. This is pre-ejaculation. Pre ejaculate and in vaginal secretions. This is how you get diseases. So, any contact between the penis and the vagina is a risk for transmission of infection for both partners. It's also important to remember that intercourse is not necessary to spread many infections. Herpes, HPV, scabies, and public lice, oh, excuse me, pubic. <laughs> Pubic, <laughs> pubic lice are all spread through skin-to-skin contact. So that means you do not have to have penetration. For something to happen, you just have to have those fluids bouncing around all over down there, okay? Ooh, so you see from um, what I just said, what happens with physical sex and the exchange of bodily fluids. That's not the worst thing that can happen, actually which doesn't even mention how long a person's DNA stays with you or in you after you have unprotected unprotected sex. We kind of know when someone um, contracts a disease and it goes undetected, um, you can see that it lingers until it manifests inside your body or or outside your body until you spread it to another person. And this is just the way the devil intended. Mm -hmm. The flesh. I already told you the devil doesn't like you. He didn't like you from the beginning. So you worshiping him or following his laws and rules because his laws is anything goes. Okay, the Most High said, who is Yeshua in the flesh said, you're listening to the devil of this earth. The devil, I mean, excuse me, you're listening to the God of this earth. The God of this earth is the devil. He's the prince of the air. He's the one who walks, uh, runs around or flies around, whatever he does, roams around like a lion seeing who he may devour simply because he already knows his time is short. He knows this already. Now I'm going to talk about kissing. And this is also a scientific um, study that was done. Now, I can't pronounce the scientist's name. I think they're from, they're from another country and I believe they're from... Uh, Uh, Where are they from? One of those European countries. Okay, I'm gonna read it. Um, It could be um, Eastern Europe. I'm gonna say the person's name when I get to it, but she's a scientist and she did DNA studies about kissing. Okay, kissing is a physically affectionate act of pressing the lips against someone or something the act is commonly used to express a multitude of human emotions like love respect and friendship however what is less obvious is that when two lovers share a passionate kiss and you know what it is like tongue kissing they are also swapping their bacteria bodily fluids and part of their genetic code No matter how brief the encounter, the DNA of your kissing partner will linger around your mouth for at least an hour. Romantic, right? However, experts say that having someone's DNA swim around in your mouth could also help fight crime. They're talking about crime in in regards to uh, sexual assault. For example, victims of unwanted attention in rape, and assault cases could have uh, incriminated DNA evidence swirling in their saliva. This is somebody, if they raping you, they want to kiss you too. DNA and saliva could also reveal whether lovers have been true to one another. Mm -hmm. This scientist and her team of researchers at um, Comenius Comenius, C-O-M-E-N-I-U-S, University in Brazil, Slovakia. I'm just gonna say, I don't know, I can't pronounce the name of the, I guess city, but this is Slovakia. Conducted a study um, that consisted of 12 couples. Researchers has asked the couples to kiss each other passionately for at least two minutes. I need you to understand exactly what's going on when they kiss. Okay. I ain't going to read the whole article, but this is what happens. They asked them to kiss for two minutes and after kissing, after the kissing sections, saliva samples were collected from the women immediately. And at five, 10, 30 and 60 minute intervals, saliva samples had also been collected before each couple kissed. Researchers noticed that because the method used in the study relied on detection of the Y chromosome, and that's for men, Y chromosome is for men. A man carries a Y and an X chromosome. We already discussed this. Women carry two X's. That's what makes them a woman. Two X's make you a woman. A Y and an X make you a man. How did did, um, Eve come from Adam, from that Y chromosome? I mean, excuse me, from that X chromosome. That's why Eve only has two X's. You need um, a set of chromosomes, one from the mother, one from the father, okay? The man carries the genetic code to have a female or a male offspring. The female only carries the genetic code for a female. Now you should have learned that while you was in grade school, but I'm gonna keep going. It can only be used to identify the male DNA in a woman's saliva. The latest findings published In a journal, Forensic Science International Genetics show that the man's DNA is still present in the woman's saliva and could be identified through amplification after at least an hour. Experimental chewing gum reduces Omicron in saliva quote, we were able to determine the presence of male DNA in female saliva even after 60 minutes, that's an hour, even after the hour, it's still there, with a simple QPCR-based test. Moreover, in more than one-third of the samples, it was possible to get a full YSTR genotype of the relevant male 10 minutes after kissing. Oh, the researchers wrote in the study, researchers noted that while the study was conducted on volunteers, each finding could also apply to different cases of sexual assaults in which a male perpetrator forces the victim to kiss him. Our data clearly indicate the possibility of using saliva as a source of evidence in sexual harassment, infidelity, rape or other types of sexual uh, assaults in case um, when a biological sample can be collected within a short time after the act, the researchers wrote. We've shown it's possible to get a full profile, which could be useful in crime investigation to pinpoint the possible perpetrator among suspects or exclude those innocent and this is what the science uh scientist says so understand and the reason why i wrote that is because bodily fluids matter Uh uh-huh the most high made those bodily fluids for you to have you and your husband or wife so um Just know that bodily fluids are important. The Most High made them so that, you know, uh, they could do their jobs. If, like I said, the husband and wife, um, if they are willing to have a baby, if they're ready to have a baby, whatever they do, they have the capacity to do so. And that involves um, bodily fluid. Okay? So that's that um excuse me now that you understand i'm not gonna go there this is what i'm gonna say i'm gonna talk about sodom and gomorrah and why am i gonna talk about sodom and gomorrah because sodom and gomorrah was wicked it was a land of people that was doing really wicked things Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing of Sodom and Gomorrah, but I'm going to give you an idea of what they did there. Aside from robbery, murder, um, lying, even all the way up to the courts, the judges was liars, Um, swindling people out of their money. um, I said murder already, right? Um, Burying people and people didn't even know. It got so bad in those um, providences of Sodom and Gomorrah, because it was five, not just one. It got so bad that there was a war, and people came to kill the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. But at um, the, um, at one time, at um, one time during the history of Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham had to go there and get those people that was ten of Sodom and Gomorrah, because mm-hmm. his nephew Lot lived there. So he got. Um, They went and they went to war with the people who uh, vandalized and tore up Sodom and Gomorrah and they retrieved their stuff and gave it back to them. But, um, you know, that's where the only reason why he did that is because his um, Abraham did it is because his nephew Lot lived there. But um, after a while, the actions. The thoughts and the actions of the people in Sodom and Gomorrah became so wicked that the Most High said, I'm going to wipe it off the face of the man. And he did. And if you don't believe that, read the story for yourself. It's in the Bible, a piece of it. The whole uh, situation is in the book of Yahshua, who they call Jasa, and the book of Jubilees. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm going to read from the book of Yahshua. And I'm going to give you a piece of their sexual immorality among other things. Like I said, murder, lies, everything that's against what the Most High said, all the fleshly things from the devil, that's what they did. Everything that lined up with the word of the Most High, they didn't do. They went against everything that the Most High stood for. All his laws, his statutes, his precepts and commands, they went against it. Okay? Okay. They will get more and more wicked. And that's exactly what's happening today. So there are uh, prophecies of spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah, spiritual Egypt, and spiritual Babylon. Where is it? Everywhere, because it's the thoughts and actions of people. Now I'm going to go into it. This is what it says. In those days, all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and the whole five cities were exceedingly wicked and sinful against Yahuwah, the Most High. And they provoked the Most High with their abominations. And they strengthened in aging abominably and scornfully before the Most High. And their wickedness and crimes were in the days great before the Most High. So, basically the Most High is saying your sins are very great. So what they're doing is you're sinning so much that it's reaching the gates of heaven. And when it reaches the gates of heaven, that's when the Most High moves and destroys it. Now, how do we know that? Because that happened in Babylon and now it's going to happen in Sodom and Gomorrah. It also happened um, later in Mizraim, which is called bondage, the Most High when all the sins added up, the most high started moving. Okay. He's he'll send somebody in there and they destroy the place. And that's exactly what's gonna happen in the old days. Okay. But I'm gonna do a lesson. I'm gonna do a lesson about spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah, spiritual uh Babylon, and spiritual Egypt. I'm gonna do a lesson because there are prophecies about what's gonna happen to the people who act like. The original ones, the people whose thoughts and actions are like that. Uh huh. So, okay. Um, that was verse 11. 12 is, and they had their land, a very extensive valley, about half a day's walk, and in it there were fountains of water and a great deal of herbage around, uh, surrounding the water. Verse 13. And all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, and I just want to say too, that Sodom and Gomorrah is not really the real, uh, the original names. You already know those names was changed. They, that's not the original names. Just FYI. Okay? Back to 13. And all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah went there four times a year with their wives and children and all belonging to them and they rejoiced there with timbrels and dances so basically it's saying there was this oasis that sodom and gomorrah had on their premises and it was like somewhere that they would go to the vacation so they would take all their family members and they would go and that would just be like a vacation spot for the whole sodom and gomorrah the whole five providence of sodom and gomorrah okay and they would go and rejoice and dance and all that now i'm on 14. And in the time of rejoicing, they would all rise and lay hold of their neighbors' wives and some the virgin daughters of their neighbors and they enjoyed them. And you know what that means. And each man saw his wife and daughter in the hands of his neighbor and did not say a word. 15, and they did so from morning till night. And they afterward return home, each man to his house and each woman to her tent. So they always did this four times a year. So what did they do? They start passing, and I made wild, extensive orgies for days. Why are they were on vacation? Okay, I already told you, in, adi- in addition to lying, cheating, stealing, murder this is the whole Sodom and Gomorrah, the five providences, they was having sexual immorality and doing all kinds of sex acts from the whole time they was on vacation with their daughters, their wives, their husbands, their brothers, everybody. I just read it. Four times a year. Four times a year. Okay? For as long as Sodom and Gomorrah existed. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, that was 15, now 16. Also, when a stranger came into their cities and brought goods which he had purchased with a view to dispose of there, the people of these cities would assemble men, women, and children, young and old, and go to the man and take his goods by force giving him little to each man, giving a little to each man until there was an end of the goods of the owner which he brought into the land. Now, I don't want to get all into that because it's a lot of stuff that they did in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's why the Most High wiped it off the earth. What happened in the Bible, they ain't giving you no information as to what happened. Okay, just that sexual immorality right there, you ain't gonna read that in the Bible. It just says that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was wicked and the angels came in there And they got rid of it. But there is graphic information in the book of Yashir and in the book of Jubilees. Okay, graphic. I'm not here to read all the graphic information. When I do spiritual Sodom, spiritual uh, Egypt, and spiritual um, Babylon, I'm going to read everything they did there. That's why the Most High wiped them all out. Okay, because there's several times the Most High wiped out certain areas of the earth hmm by fire by flood by raining down all kinds of stuff yes so I read that little piece just to let you know the sexual immorality of the people there so what they was doing was sharing everything and I mean it they were sharing wives husbands nephews nieces granddaughters grandsons virgin whore everything four times a year every year But the whole time, Sodom and Gomorrah existed. Anything goes with the sex. Four times a year. Every year. That Sodom and Gomorrah existed. And the Most High got sick and tired of it. In addition to the lying, the deceit, the murder, everything. The cheating. That's why Sodom and Gomorrah got... Destroyed, not just because, oh, well, there was something going on and they wanted to have, you know, it was homosexuality and everything. Everything. They even wanted to have sex with the angels that was coming in to destroy the place. Like I told you, I'm not going to talk about things that do not line up with the law, um, the law statutes, precepts, and commands of the Most High. I'm not talking about them because. Anything that does not line up with the laws, statutes, precepts, and commands of the Most High is a sin. And I'm not promoting it, and I'm not going to talk about it. I already told you that there's sexual immorality. And and um, in regard to sex, if it doesn't line up with the Most High's laws, I'm you shouldn't be doing it. Period. And I'm not going to be talking about it. Because why should I continue to talk about sin? Sin, sin, sin. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to tell you what happens when you do it. When you commit sin, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. That's what I do all the time. So now that you understand how vital and serious sexual connections are on a carnal slash physical level, now we will discuss how sexual connections are on a spiritual level. As I stated within, um, pre- if I stated previously, as well as um, discussions of the how the devil rules the flesh, um, a part of the actions of the flesh, the sinful actions of the flesh is sexual immorality, okay, and sexual misconduct, all right? I wanna say this, I don't care what you think in your mind, whether you believe that you was born a certain way or whatever the circumstance is that you are doing what you're doing in regards to sexual misconduct, there's no scripture that will say that the most high is in cahoots with your sexual misconduct. There's no scripture that says it. You could indicate it yourself or talk yourself into thinking that something is from the most high, but it is not because there are hella scriptures. Like I say hella. When I say hella, I mean a whole abundance of scriptures that say sexual misconduct and sexual immorality is a sin. I could keep going on and name scriptures outside that Bible. When it's talking, just like I broke down what happened, that piece about what happened in of and Gomorrah, I can break down mysteries that Yahshua himself is talking about sexual immorality and what's going to happen to them when they do it. Because every day you doing things, heaven and earth is going to be um, uh, testifying against you. And the Most High has sent his um, beasts, uh, for the lack of term, I forgot what they're called. But there's certain um, spiritual beings that have eyes all over them and they go all over the earth and take note. That's why um, it says that heaven and earth is going to be recorded against you. It will be. It will be testifying against you when you take your last breath. There are beings that are watching everything everywhere. 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 At all times. Okay? Okay. So don't talk yourself into something there. oh, yeah, I was born this way and this and that. I'm not trying to talk about you. I'm not trying to put you down. but You wouldn't. You probably were born that way when it was some type of sin with your mother and father. Maybe you were because spirits do get into um, to fetuses and spirits do get into bodies. So, yeah, you could be born that way. There is a way that you was born that way. But to say that the Most High did it, uh-uh that's against his own laws why would he go against his own laws that doesn't even make sense now i'm gonna keep going there are some scriptures that discuss sexual misconduct and what the most high has done to those who practice it which is sodom and Gomorrah. so i will discuss each i also want to tell you that if you knew who you really were in the most high you will not pollute your flesh, a.k.a. your temple. Simply because that's where the Ruach and the Most High, a.k.a. Yashua, will reside and reside um, in you when you're being led by the Ruach. Because you are the little light in the temple. How is the Most High connecting with you? Through the Ruach. The Ruach comes to you and connects with you. That's how it happens. Okay? So um, Yeshua will reside when you get it together and they don't want to reside in polluted temples, okay? Worn out by whatever you're doing to ruin yourself. I told you that the temple is on loan. I, I say this all the time. And you're not of your own. This is the scriptures. Most high, uh, I mean, um, Paul is saying, don't you know you, you you don't own yourself? Yeshua bought you for a price, but the most high made you, so you're his. How are you giving yourself away to something else? And that's what you're doing when you are worshiping the creature and not the creator. Those are scriptures I just mixed into each other. Okay, enough is enough. There are a number of scriptures that discuss sexual immorality and misconduct. As the Most High says that he will deal with those who practice it, but I will not spend all day digging up all the books and scriptures that list it, but I will discuss a few to drive the point home. Now, remember, this is not to say that you cannot have sex, but there are laws and guidelines for the practice of sex. Okay. Um and when it is not being used in the ways according to Yah's laws, it will be counted against you. And this goes for any type of sex that does not line up with Yah's laws, statutes, precepts, and commands. okay? I don't care what you think. I don't care what you feel. You will be um, you will be uh, judged for it. You will. So keep on uh, fooling yourself. okay. Now, I want to read some scriptures. There's a lot of scriptures I have, but I want to read some specific ones and then I'll just go into uh, verses about sexual immorality. Well, this is um, sexual immorality and sexual misconduct. 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. Flee fornication. That's sex. That you're not married and you're young and you're just doing stuff. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. Thieves in the temple. If that if that uh, is not if that thing wasn't born in the temple, if it wasn't meant to be in the temple, it's a thief in the temple. And You know what I mean, what that thing is. Leviticus 15 16 through 23 and i'm gonna read this because this talks about the um, sex. All right, was um, unclean. Mm -hmm. And this is in terms of bodily fluids. i'm gonna say it again Leviticus 15 16 through 23. And if a man's seed of copulation, that's um, his ejaculatory fluid comes out of him, then he shall wash all his flesh with water and be unclean until evening, 17. And every garment and every skin, all the skin, thereon is the ejaculatory fluid of copulation shall be washed with water to be unclean until evening, 18. The woman also with whom man shall lie with, the seed of copulation, uh, ejaculatory fluid on her or in her, they will both bathe themselves in water and be unclean until evening. If a woman has an issue and her issue in her flesh be blood, that's the menses, or whatever other blood that shouldn't be there. She shall be put apart seven days, this is the menses, and whosoever touches her will be unclean. Now I say this, and this is the scriptures, and the reason why I'm reading it is because having sex a, uh, with a woman in her menses is unclean. The Most High does not condone it. Okay. He says, no, no, no. But people say, yes, yes, yes. And they actually like that. Okay. While her whole, her whole insides is shedding and the eggs are dying, somebody's having sex with her. Is that not abominable? Just if you knew exactly what was going on while the girl was mincing, it's nasty. Anyway. 20. And everything that she lies upon in her Menses shall be unclean. Everything I put menses in there because it says in her separation, they use old um, language. I'm using this this language. That's why. And everything that she lies upon in her menses shall be unclean. Everything also that she sits on shall be unclean. 21. And whosoever touches her, beg Don't touch her bed during her menses. You should wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water and that person will be unclean until the evening. 22, And whosoever touches anything that she sat on while she had her menses, wash the clothes and bathe yourself in water and be unclean until evening. 22, and if it be on her bed or anything whereon she sits, when he touches it, he shall be unclean into the evening. So what does that mean? Pre-ejaculatory fluid, ejaculatory fluid, menses, any bodily fluids, you're gonna be unclean according to the most high. You just read it in Leviticus, or you just heard it in Leviticus. You also understand through uh first Corinthians, you should flee from fornication. If you can't have self-control and abstain from having that, run. (laughs) That's what it says. Now I'm going to read some scriptures in regards to sexual immorality. It says, Hebrews, now notice it says Hebrews. Hebrews 13 and 4. Who wrote Hebrews? Shaul wrote Hebrews, but he's talking to the Hebrews. Okay, Shaul wrote Well, there's a lot of scriptures in the New Testament that Shaul wrote, and they gathered them and put them in there. But he not only is he talking to the Hebrews, he's talking to everybody else. And he says, let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For the Most High will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Now, I already told you before, And I will continue to tell you as many times as a particular uh, situation or act is mentioned that's how important it is is sexually immorality important, yes, it is to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Is the sins of the flesh in point? Yes, it is. And the Most High talks about it all the time. Stay away from it. Just like he told the children of Israel over and over and over and over and over and over, and over in the book of Deuteronomy to listen to my Lord's statute, precepts, and of command, write them in your house, teach your children, write them um, on the mountain. Over and over and over and over. He kept saying it. It's the same thing he's saying in regards to sexual immorality. He does not condone it in any way sexual misconduct, or sexual immorality. If you think any other way, you are a liar just like the devil. Okay. First Thessalonians, which is another book that Paul Shaul wrote, four and three, five, three through five, sorry. And this is in regular plain language because this is the regular Bible I'm reading from now. For this is the will of the Most High, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the heathens who do not know the Most High. Mm-hmm. Matthew 5 and 28 with Matthew Matthew wrote itself. And that's not his name. His name is Matanahu. That's what it is. Uh Uh-huh. But they named it Matthew. I already told you the Bible was sampled in. This um, This is all regular language Bible. Now I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent, I already told you thoughts and actions has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Why? Because the first thing, if he's thinking about it, the first thing he want to do is act on it. That's why. Thoughts and actions. Okay? Ephesians, which Shaul wrote, five and three, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetedness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. So the saints don't act on their, um, they don't, they're not led by their sexual organs, and they're not going to act on it either. So they ain't going to think about it, and they're not going to act on it. That's what the saints do, Uh okay? And I'm going to read this, which is very important. First Corinthians 10 and 13, Shaul writes, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. The Most High is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you may not, excuse me, that you may be able to endure it. So what does the Most High say? That I didn't give you so, um, I didn't give you temptation so tough And so hard that you can't walk away and that also means sexual immorality your thoughts and your actions that's how it works the flesh has the thoughts and the actions what is the flesh ruled by the devil this is why there's a war between the uh, spirit and the the flesh because the flesh is being ruled by the devil and the spirit is the most high all vying for the soul which is the little light that lives inside of the flesh You're not going to play with the most high, honey. He's not going to play with you. You could keep on and doing whatever you want to do. But I'm going to tell you what, the most high gets the last laugh. And sexual immorality is one of the top on his list that he will punish. And trust me when I tell you, he is going to punish it. Okay? He's going to punish it. Colossians, which is also written by Shaul, three and five put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetedness, which is idolatry. What? Levi, which is Leviticus 18 and 22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman, it is an abomination. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Two Timothy two and twenty-two. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the most high from a pure heart. Okay. Revelation 21 and 8, but as for the cowardly, the faithless and the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Where does it say, oh yeah, you could do X, Y, and Z the most High permits it. Where? Nowhere. I'm gonna read this one, Jude 1 and 7. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. uh uh-huh. That's what's going to happen to the people. That's what's going to happen to the people who practice sexual immorality, eternal fire. You're not going to play with the most high. Trust and believe. You're not going to play with the most high. 2 Corinthians 12 and 21. I fear that when I come again, my yah may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. This is Paul saying yeah. that. He's saying he's scared cause they ain't they ain't gonna stop. okay? They're not stopping. Matthew 15 and 19 for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, idolatry, sexual immorality, theft, false witness and slander. That's what Sodom and Gomorrah was based on. First Corinthians 5 1 through 13. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. This is uh, Shaul talking to the uh, Corinthians. And of a kind that is not tolerated, even among pagans, which is heathens. For a man has his father's wife and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For through absent in body, I am present in spirit. And if, as, excuse me, and as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who died, who did such a thing, excuse me, did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Most High, Yahshua HaMashiach, and my spirit is present with the power of the Mashiach, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. So his spirit may be saved in the day of Yahusha. Now, what does that mean? It's talking about sexual immorality and how the pagans slash you acting like pagans or you acting worse than them. You acting worse than the heathens. You having all this sexual immorality. So we might as well let the devil get you so he could destroy you so that your um, soul could be saved. That's what Paul is saying. Shaul, this is why. Let the devil get him so that his soul could be saved because his flesh is running amok. That is what Sha'ul is saying. All right, so. I don't know if I read this, but I'm going to read First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5. I think I did. Hold on. Yes, I did alright I'm going to read this last one and then I'm going to sign off. First Corinthians 75 Do not be deprived excuse me, do not pride, deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you Because of your lack of self-control. Why is that important? Because one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. I'm not saying, nor does the scripture say don't have sex. But have it with your significant other, which is your husband or your wife. Husband, marry wife, wife, marry husband. That's how it's supposed to be. And that is a part of the Lord's statutes, precepts, and commands. Anything that does not line up with that is an abomination and will be punished, period. It is what it is. I'm here to bring you truth with love and compassion. I understand, you know, people are hurting. I understand people have identity crisis. I understand all of that. But if you really do some real soul searching and you really start listening to the Lord's statutes, precepts, and commands of the Most High and being his will, I don't care what situation you're in, the Most High is going to knock on the door. You're going to open it or he's going to open it while you're looking for him knocking on the door and he's going to come into you and sup with you. That means have supper and have um, a connection with you. He cannot do it if your body is defiled. And that also means sexual defilement. You keep having sex with all these people. Or you keep ha- letting people have all this sexual with you. You are letting thieves in the temple. And what do thieves do when they go into the temple? They looking for something. They're going to ransack it. And it's going to be a mess. The Most High cannot live in there. Neither can the, um, Ruach. There's too many scriptures for me to go into that. Because I could be here all day and all night pointing out scriptures i'm gonna tell you which books it is it's in the books books of mysteries and there's a whole bunch of books this is sophia um the shepherd of Hermas, the book of enoch the bible the book of yashia the book of jubilees okay i mean that's just some of the books i'm not even talking about the in the books in the, in the um and the book in the pseudepigrapha and the book of apocrypha i'm not even talking about that. Or the other books, which they have. Josephus. Okay, Joseph. I'm not even going into them. And they talk about that. I'm just saying, if you want to seek the most high, you want to be in the most high as well, seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness. And then everything else is going to be added to you. Your wife or your husband is going to be added to you. Whatever's plaguing your body, in your mind, that's going to be taken away. And you're gonna start walking in the Most High's law, statutes, precepts, and commands. If it doesn't line up, if whatever you, the way you live in, and the way you acting, and the way you going about stuff does not line up with the Most High's law, statutes, precepts, and commands, it's sin. Period. And I already said, you know, saints do um, have uh, they they make mistakes. But the difference between a saint and a sinner, because, you know, you make mistakes. As a sinner, you make mistakes. But the thing is, the sinner waddles in his sin. He stays in it like a pig in slop. He doesn't rear away from it. He doesn't search for the most high to do something better. Whereas a saint does. A saint learns to do better. A saint turns from his wicked ways. A saint repents and doesn't do it again and acknowledges what I did before is a sin. I'm not going to do that. I want you to forgive me. I want you to renew me, renew my mind, renew my body. Father. And when you ask him that, that's what he will do. But until you do that, you will remain in sin. And sin is transgression of the law, which leads to death. Mm hmm. And I mean, death, you ain't going to the next life because the next next life is way longer than here because you got an expiration date here. There's no expiration date in the next life. So with that, I am finished with this lesson. I hope that this lesson edifies you. I want you to be your best self on here, on this earth. I want you to be your best self. And we traveling together, we all make mistakes. So we all traveling together and we want, each and every one of us to be the best that we can. And that means uh, your life being lined up with the Lord's statutes, precepts, and commands. So humble yourselves, look at your life, self reflect, purge out anything that does not line up with the most highest Lord's statutes, precepts, commands, and do better. And with that, I say until next time. It's good to hear the word of truth from the Most High, but you know what's better? Hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content. You can also save a life by sharing this valuable content. Go ahead, save a life today. Thanks.